This is a True Foundations podcast. Real time, real life, real answers. We have to start this morning by going back to a verse in Galatians. And it's Galatians chapter 4 and verse 4. This is what it says. But when the completion of the time came, or in some versions, when the time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. When the time had fully come, when things were completed. That's where we must start. I want you to compare in your minds this idea of something coming fully, something being completed from from our perception and from God's perception because it is a little bit different. This puts us in the area of time. Now time is... uh, it's relative and because it relates to certain fixed things and principles. God exists outside of time and he created a universe and when he did that then time began. Now time is different in different places in the universe and because it's got to do with things like the size of of the the object, and we're thinking now of our own planet, planet Earth, uh, and it's connected to how fast that object moves. It's connected to how it spins and its orbit around the sun. All of those kind of things. So the idea of time, it can be calculated, it's real. Uh, It affects all of us but it is also limited and it is there for a purpose because God stands outside of it. He is much bigger than time and it's hard for us to get our minds around that because we only know time as we know it. That's all. You can't really get your mind around the bigger picture of that. Not properly. And so here we are. Sometimes... We have to wait for things. And in the waiting, there is a process. I'm talking about things that count. We have to wait for all kinds of stuff. Some of it is of no consequence whatsoever. But we have to wait for something, and we have to work through the due process. So if it's, let's say, you're studying for a degree, you have to do the work, uh, and there's a there's a time span in it. Usually, uh, you unless you've got some other qualification, uh, the time span is what it is. Uh, they might take into account things that you've done, but even in in all of that, there was process and there was time involved. So, so you're studying for a degree, and there's a given moment uh, when it's done, it's finished. And you go and get your degree. You wear some fancy clothes or you wear a silly hat. I never understood that. But you wear this silly hat and somebody takes a photograph of you 
And there you are. You look silly for the rest of your life if it's on somebody's wall. Uh, but nevertheless, you wait for it. You work through the process. And providing you qualify. Uh, you might get a handshake. You might get a little scroll. And for some strange reason, what usually happens is people take that silly hat off and throw it up in the air. We're kind of weird, aren't we? Hey, people are weird. I, but they do it. Uh, why? Because they're celebration. Oh, I get that. It's done. You don't have to do it all again. That's us in our lives. We have things like that. There's many things like that. It's important to us. Well, from God's perspective, some things have to take due course. And he has a purpose. We know what his purpose was regarding the coming of Jesus. We don't need to go over that again today. We understand that. We get it. But God, in his great wisdom, in order to accomplish his purpose, actually entered into time. So when he enters into time, it it really, now this is a bit philosophical now, uh, it brings in some kind of self-limitation, doesn't it? Because he's outside of it, for him to come into it, there's self-limitation. It doesn't change him, God cannot change. So he limits himself for time and for purpose in order to accomplish what it is that he set out to accomplish. Now, some of us are more or less patient than others. And sometimes in order to accomplish something of good purpose in our lives, it takes, it takes effort, it takes time. And then when it comes, we're delighted, we're relieved, but we celebrate. Now, God is he's bigger than that, except that I think he likes a good celebration. And the coming of, of Jesus is, is a great celebration. And what I want us to think about is, is just looking back a little bit and thinking about the interaction between God who is without limitation and us who are limited. And there is a point where it all comes together and it is remarkable. And at this season, and we, we know that, that Christmas time wasn't really this time of the year. It's, it's probably in the spring sometime. Not that it matters. But, but some Christians, they, they think you shouldn't celebrate Christmas. They do. That's, that's fine. That's up to them. But I want to tell you that some things are worth celebrating. Now, how you do that is your own business, because this is not now a, an issue of, of truth. There's, this is where there's a lot of scope to do different things. Uh, when you think of issues of truth, tr truth doesn't change. We need to believe the right thing. There's no variance on it. It is what it is. 
But there is a part of life in which there's lots of different options. So choose your option. Uh, as long as it's beneficial, as long as it's not damaging or immoral or anything like that, choose your option. It's free, for example. Uh, some Christian parents, they, they think it's wrong to talk about Santa Claus. They think it's wrong because they say, well, it's not true. It's a fantasy. But children go through that stage in life. It's fantasy. They grow out of it. It's not a big deal. But you choose. It's your business. <laughs> I don't want to tell you what you should do about that. It's none of my business. I'll tell you what I'm really concerned about. It's none of that stuff. It's co I'm more concerned about the fact that some Christians have no idea who Jesus really was. Now, that's a different kind of fantasy. Uh, we have to know who Jesus really is. Uh, and it's not up for negotiation or opinion or anything like that. Uh, it, it's down to discovering by the Spirit of God what the truth is. Now, that's fixed. Uh, we don't have a choice on that. You see, we have to know the difference between these things. Otherwise, we get caught up and we find ourselves focused in the wrong areas. Now, for the Jewish people, when they look back in their heritage, and of course, most Jewish people don't know Jesus, some do. But lay that to one side for now. Uh, because their history has been significant in the coming of Jesus, the Messiah of God. And for that, we're grateful, aren't we? But they were, they were a people in their history that, whether they were patient or not, is a whole different story. Some were. They were a people in their history that waited for things. And we can go way back in their history. I'm going to read a few verses from Leviticus. I don't read from Leviticus very often. But I'm going to read a few verses and we'll go to Leviticus, Leviticus 25. Let's start at the beginning. I'll just read a few. I, it's, it's a longer section, but I won't read it all. The Lord spoke to Moses on Mount Sinai. Speak to the Israelites and tell them, When you enter the land I am giving you, the land will observe a Sabbath to the Lord. You may sow your field for six years, and you may prune your vineyard and gather its produce for six years. But there will be a Sabbath of complete rest for the land in the seventh year, a Sabbath to the Lord. Uh, you are not to sow your field or prune your vineyard. You are not to reap what grows by itself from your crop or harvest the grapes of your untended, untended vines. It must be a year of complete rest for the land. Whatever the land produces during the seventh year can be food for you, for yourself, your male or female slave, the hired hand or foreigner who stays with you. All of its growth may serve as food for your livestock and the wild animals in your land. And you can go on and read all about that. It's a good read. They never did it. They kept a weekly Sabbath. They never did this. I, I don't know why they didn't, but maybe they thought it was too big a risk. Can you imagine? Can you imagine a farmer thinking, right, here we are, you know, some kind of very ultra-legalistic uh, farmer who um, thought that you still had to keep some of the Old Testament laws. 
and if right that's it I'm gonna leave my land for a year now I don't know anybody that's ever done that they didn't do it but this is what we call the year of Jubilee and it looked forward to something else in fact there were many festivals that they kept it was to be a celebration of the goodness and provision of God uh, it was to be a celebration of total dependence upon what God uh, could do for them and produce for them that's what it was to be uh, it was marked by blowing trumpets and all kinds of stuff we, we had a trumpet blown recently didn't we uh, Jackie did she blew a trumpet I, it's good all that kind of stuff it's, it's really about declaration and celebration. That's in their background. They never did it, but it was there. And part of the purpose of it was to help them be patient while they waited for the completion of the things that God had for them in the future. So they were to celebrate up front. We usually celebrate after the fact. And because to celebrate up front seems to be a bit pretentious, doesn't it? But you know, when we're talking about the things of God, we're not talking about the same thing as our kind of doings, works, ideas. We're not doing that, are we? You see, we, we might have a purpose ahead of us and a plan, and we might have something in mind, right? Like we're going we're gonna to celebrate it when we do it. I, a friend of ours, a Nigerian guy in England some years ago, um, he, he said to me, when we come together and we pray, and when, when God answers prayer, we all dance together. And I thought, that's neat, that. I wish I could do it. I can't do it. But we celebrate when something has happened. Uh, something has been completed. Now, when we think about God, something has happened. The Son of God did come. So we should celebrate that. Some things are not yet completed. Uh, and I think, and the Bible shows us that there will be great celebration when everything is completed. But I think you can anticipate it a little bit as well. And celebrate that resting in the truth of what God has said will be. Because he's not like us. He's absolutely, totally reliable and faithful in his word. If he has said it, it's going to happen. If we say it, it might happen, it might not. And, and even if we do our best, it still might not happen. But with God, he's not like that. And so the, the Jews, they had this heritage. Uh, and when you read the law, you read Leviticus and some of these books, which can be, it can be a little bit of hard work and it's not always easy to understand. There, there is a thread through it all of 
recognizing the purposes of God, that God has said something, that he has something in mind, and when it is completed, there is celebration. So I think that for Christian believing people, when you think about Jesus coming, that's worth a celebration because something has been completed but not also has it been completed it points to the complete completion if you like and that should cause our hearts to rejoice so celebration's good rejoicing's good if it's based on something that is real that we can rely on. You know, if we go over, we're back in the, the New Testament now, into Luke chapter 2. And uh, there was a guy, he was called Simeon. You'll find out in verse 25. And then in verse 36, uh, there was a lady, she was called Anna. The thing about this is that they were waiting they understood the whole issue that God had said something uh, and they were so confident in what God had said that they were patient. And, and as you read it, uh, these, these were, I think they were seniors, I think they were post-adult according to our definition this morning. Uh, they, they, I, I think, read the passages they were rejoicing. They saw the Messiah of God. And something in them, as they recognized him, something in them stirred up. Now, there might be all kinds of stuff because of the things that we have inherited in the way we do stuff at this time of the year. Some things are a little bit, they're a bit of a niggle, aren't they? You know, all the family stress that happens out there that some folks have to go through. It shouldn't be, but it is. So cut through all of that and somehow put yourself in the place of these people. They'd waited patiently. They'd, they'd actually waited, in a sense, longer than their own lives. And that's because they connected to their heritage and their past. They valued that. They valued the things that God had said centuries before. And they lived in that place of anticipation of a great event. There were lots of other people around and the great event passed them by. And because they were more interested in their daily life or whatever it is in life, maybe difficulty or maybe maybe some great achievement or just the grind of life day by day, day by day. But these two, they were living in anticipation. They were looking. And it's the people that have anticipation and look for the move of God are the ones that will see it and benefit most from it. They were like that. And so when we read uh, these wonderful accounts 
of the coming of Jesus, the Messiah of God. That there should be a stirring within us that is much more uh, than just some kind of, uh, well, we do this every year and there's bits we like and there's bits we don't. Uh, and and you, you get annoyed about the way things are going in, uh, in the world today and uh, and increasingly all this nonsense about oh happy holidays what on earth is that about I mean <laughs> have they no sense of history have, have they no sense that actually they wouldn't have they, they wouldn't have these days off if it was if it wasn't for the celebration of, of Christmas they'd still take the days won't they you see well I, I, you see that bugs me that and you see and you think but then should it well have a thought about it but then turn your heart to rejoicing. Because there is a celebration for God's people when we have that moment that we see Jesus. He came for the sin of the world. He came to set his people free. That's why he came. Now that's worth celebrating, isn't it? So we should be people who know how to celebrate and celebrate well. Now, if you go into Matthew chapter 2, and this is a little bit a bit later on, of course, in, in history. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of King Herod, wise men from the east arrived unexpectedly in Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born King of the Jews? For we saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. And, and their worship uh, took the form, of course, of, of some gifts, expensive gifts, that was included in the worship. Uh, and so here we are, uh, we're God's people. Are we listening to the prompting of the Spirit of God? These people were. They were not Jews. They came from a different place. Um, all kinds of opinions on, on what they believed and these kind of things. But they believed something that was right, didn't they? They, they had heard the voice of God. I think they'd studied as well. And they got their facts straight. And so there they were. They were anticipating, but more than that, they took a journey. And they were wise. In other words, when they heard contrary reports that they thought this is not good, uh, they they were not fooled. They were not naive. The, these these men, they knew what things were about. They kept listening to the voice of God. They were decision making men, and they went for it. They would not allow anything or any power to in any way push them off track they were going to meet this king this was important to them and they were going to bow before him and worship and they were going to give uh, wonderful gifts to celebrate and so as much as the coming of Jesus the son of God was not really known in a wide setting. 
And even those he came to, uh, his own people, most of them didn't really have any idea either. But some did. And some came from afar. And they came and they saw him for who he was. And in that place, they celebrated. And as Christian people, I think somewhere we have to rediscover what it means to have a good, good celebration. Because what we have, there is nothing else like it. In the eternity of God, he purposed this. And then he set everything in being. He created this remarkable universe. He created this planet that we're on. We know the story of that. He planted a garden. He made a man and a woman and he put them in the garden. And then history begins. And the kingdom of God begins to form down here on earth. Then Jesus came. And it's the beginning of a different kind of kingdom that takes us from the boundaries and restrictions of the temporal life of this earth and takes us to where God really intended us to be, eternal life. I think that that is really worth celebrating. So those of us who are in Christ, let's find place in our hearts to recognize to honor Jesus, to give thanks, to worship, and celebrate. Amen. Thank you for joining us. True Foundations is headed by David J. Jones, a preacher and teacher of the Word of God. His passion is to help individual Christians discover their true identity in Christ and to learn how grace operates in their lives. Currently residing in Canada, he is taught in both North America and the UK and has listeners all over the world. If you have questions about anything you've heard today, please email us at info at truefoundations.ca. Or for more information on True Foundations resources, please visit our website at truefoundations.ca.